Welcome to the Whistleblower Newsroom. I'm Christina Borgeson. A growing number of children and young people are identifying as transgender. Some reports say as many as 9%. And concern about this trend is growing in the medical community. Recently, a whistleblower leaked files showing the deep concern among members of the American Academy of Pediatrics about giving children dangerous puberty blockers and sterilizing them for life with gender reassignment surgery. My guest today, investigative reporter Jennifer Belek, has followed the emergence and growth of the transgender movement, and she says that the explosion of press coverage and changes in the law and language pertaining to gender is no accident. How does she know? She has followed the money, massive amounts of it. She's here to talk about that today, as well as the agenda behind that money and the attack machine that protects it. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Christina. Fascinating articles you have written. I want to start from the very beginning when you found yourself in trouble with some trans activists. You said you were deplatformed by some trans activists. I was deplatformed, yeah. I started getting involved in this in around 2013. I wrote a, uh, an article for Female Erasure, an anthology of radical feminists writing with a colleague of mine. And we started looking into the whole industry aspect of this agenda. I prefer to call it an agenda as opposed to a movement. And as I went further into that, um, like a lot of people I knew were getting deplatformed, other activists, um, professors. Um, and as we went year, year by year, more and more people were being deplatformed and censored over this issue. What was the first thing they deplatformed you for? I was trying to get um, venues for other activists, environmental activists to speak on the East Coast of the United States because they were on the West Coast and they were getting deplatformed everywhere they went. So I said, well, this is the East Coast, you know, uh, I'll be able to do something over here. So I got like three different venues and immediately they called me back up and said, you know, like within a couple of days, they said, oh, sorry, we can't platform you or this organization. They weren't even gonna be speaking about this issue. They were gonna be speaking about the environment but they had already been like sort of blackballed as transphobes because they acknowledged biological reality and the reality of sexual dimorphism. You know, obviously you're gonna work for the environment, you know, <laughs> you gotta acknowledge biological reality, right? Right. So, you know, right. I started to get very, very concerned and I was very angry. I was like, well, what is going on here? This isn't kids doing this. This is something else going on here. You know, and I'm an American. So of course I was like, well, you gotta follow the money, right? Exactly. <laughs> find out anything. <laughs> so I went looking at all these LGBT organizations, which used to be LGB organizations. And I was like, well, when did, was the T added? And why was it added? And um, what I found was this incredible political scaffolding to drive this ideology through our cultures not just our culture, but all over the world. Right. Um, and I, the first place I looked was the two largest LGBT or then by then LGBT organizations in the United States, which was Gill Foundation and Arcus Foundation. And they both started around 2000. And then the T was added to all these uh, LGBT organizations around between like 2004, 2006, 
they all started to add the tea. Now, nobody ever got a memo about this. Like, why is the tea being added? What does this have to do with? Why is it a good thing? You know, nobody, nobody was notified, you know? nor were they notified that our entire cultures were going to be overhauled for this tea. So I was like, well, what's, what's going on around the, in the culture at that same point? And, um, you know, AIDS was just sort of gotten under control in the United States. So then these two organizations, these large, you know, LGBT organizations come up. Like, why would they be coming up then? And Arcus Foundation, they've spent billions of dollars. The, the, the um, founder of Arcus Foundation has spent millions and millions and millions of dollars sending grants to cultural organizations and institutions. You're talking about John Stryker. All right. John Stryker is the founder of Arcus Foundation. He's also the heir to Stryker Medical, which is a $17.1 billion uh, medical corporation. They do medical supplies and all, all sorts of medical stuff. You mentioned the term dimorphism taught explain to the audience what that is and how it's under attack we have these these terms that they're using like gender and uh gender dysphoria and um gender expressions it's all gender 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 but gender really obscures the fact they're talking about sex what's under attack is sex reproductive sex like you have a male and a female, and that's it. They get together and you recreate the species. That's sexual dimorphism. All mammals are sexually dimorphic, right? But you know, once they added the T to the LGB, this starts to become undermined. Wow. Um, by driving um, an ideology that sex exists on a spectrum. Like basically, all our politicians, all our NGOs, the largest law firms in the world, the largest international corporations in the world, uh, the, the biggest corporations in the world, the biggest banks, all of a sudden simultaneously decide, not just here, but globally decide that all of uh, human history, you know, bio our biological history is all wrong. And now we exist on a, you know, sexual diet, dimorphism actually exists on a spectrum. It's not dimorphic, it's not binary, right? So there's all these different expressions of sex. Um, and they're using like intersex, for instance, to, which is a disorder of sexual development to sort of drive that narrative. Well, that's people who are born like hermaphrodites, for example. All intersex conditions are either a male condition or a female condition. So people with these, you know, uh, differently ordered uh, sexual characteristics um, are either male or female. You broke down in your article, who are the rich men institutionalizing transgender ideology? You really broke down how this whole thing started. And you said that one of the first signals was a Time Magazine article that came out, I think. Uh, it, yes, Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time Magazine in 2014, and that was quickly followed in 2015 by um, Bruce Jenner being on the cover of the magazine as Caitlin, you know, right. dressed in a, in a woman's corset, um, and everybody going rah, rah, rah. This was also around the same time that Jazz Jennings' uh, reality show was coming to the fore. You know, everybody was watching Jazz Jennings and all of the surgeries that he was having to manipulate his sex characteristics. Right. Um, 
and he's had, uh, the, you know, he was a child when this all went down. He was like four years old when he started to do the talk show circuit. Uh, and Really? Uh, Jazz yeah. started at yep. four? Yep. yep. He was on with Barbara Walters and uh, Oprah Winfrey, um, et cetera, et cetera. And um, yeah, his parents were just saying that he was a girl. Um, so, and the reality show is all about him having sex uh, characteristic reassignment surgery, right? And having synthetic sex characteristics built for him. Synthetic being fake. They're manifested out, out of uh, medical technology. It's gender reassignment surgery. That's what they call it, but that's really a euphemism. Do really you happening to these children is, is macabre. It's really just insane. Just before this interview, I was just looking at the Daily Mail. One of the articles that had just been posted was this kid, Charlie Danger Lloyd, who uh, his mom said since the age of two, he wanted to be, uh, or she, I guess she wanted to be a boy. And at the Vancouver Pride Parade, they had a, you know, a, a, a gender reveal party for, I guess he's now a him at four years old. Um, they shot off a cannon, I guess, with blue smoke or something. And I thought, wow, oh, here it is right here. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're, you're constantly seeing it now. You're constantly, it's, it's really being imbued in the public consciousness. And my question to you, before we get into, obviously, from what you write and all the details you give, there's huge money, huge money being put into this. Yes. Uh, but let's first, let's just first say that the portion of the population that actually is transgender is extremely small, right? It's zero. There are no transgender people. There are no gender people. Transgenderism is an ad campaign. It's selling, it's selling drugs in surgeries. I understand that there might be a small population of people who do grow up being uncomfortable in the biological skin that they have okay, okay. were but born look, with. But look, there are people that are uncomfortable with the way they look. They feel like they're really, really, really fat. And they're really actually skeletal. Those people have a condition called anorexia. And it is right. a body dysmorphia. You know, they can't really see what they really, really are. Right. And we don't tell those people you are actually, yes, you're, you're fat and yes, we'll provide liposuction for you. There's another cohort of people that have body integrity identity disorder, um, which they're people that feel like their limbs don't belong to them. It's usually a lower extremity, like a leg. So, and it's very, very intense. Um, and they go to psychiatrists and the psychiatrist can't help them. Um, we don't cut off their limbs thus far. Right. Um, and we don't have parades for them. We don't call them brave. We don't give them modeling agencies. We don't start makeup lines for them. Those people have body dysmorphia also, right? So yes, there are people that I'm sure have body dysphoria related to their genitalia, okay? But why are we carving them up? Why are we giving them drugs? And especially children. We've never heard of children before having this condition. This was started out as a fetish of adult men. Uh, it's it's uh, professional name is autogynephilia. It's a paraphilia. They obsessively and compulsively objectify female biology and covet it for themselves. And this 
has morphed into an industry now because of the medical industrial complex, selling it to the people. We've never heard of children jumping off bridges before because they want, you know, committing suicide in droves because they wanted to be the opposite sex. We've never heard about these children. If doctors could have made bank on this years ago, a generation ago, we would have been doing it. We're doing it now because we now we have the technology and the pharmacology to make these adjustments, to make adjustments that look kind of sort of real on people's body, you know, synthetic adjustments. Yeah. So now we want to open this market up. Right. So you have to have a rebranding because an adult male fetish, that's a very hard sell, especially if you're going to market it to children. And the reason that they're marketing it to children is to sterilize them because they're also, um, they want to market, they want a, a, a consumer for assisted fertility, which is also a growing industry. Oh my God. Uh, part of the reason why it's under the LGB banner is because lesbians and gay um, people are also going to need assisted fertility. And you find a lot of the same uh, uh, people investing in the gender clinics and um, marketing this this concept is real. Um, also investing in big fertility, like Jeff Bezos, for instance. For instance, he owns Amazon. He's invested 166 million dollars um, in a hospital in Brooklyn that does gender surgeries, and he's also invested in a fertility. Uh, he's got a fertility uh, platform on Amazon now, the first one. Um, they're also selling hormones to young people on Amazon. Is that legal? Got me. I can't believe these operations are legal. They're cutting off young women's breasts. You've got 42,000 young women on GoFundMe campaigning to have money to have their breasts removed, to have double mastectomies on healthy young bodies. These are young women for anywhere from 12 years old to 20. You know, they go to college, their insurance is going to pay for it. It's advertised on their social media platforms as progressive, as cool, as edgy, as expressive. But if they're not like gay people who seem to be born with this. Let's leave gay people out of this because gay people have nothing to do with this aside from the fact that they fall under the same marketing constituency as people that you're sterilizing because they can't have children on their own. Right. You know, two women can't make a baby. Two right. men can't make a baby. So you need assisted reproductive uh, technologies, right? Same as right. You know, these children that you're sterilizing now and that you're convincing that they can change sex and that to, to do this is like really cool. I mean, look at all the, all your plat mainstream media is all promoting this as positive, as progressive, as cool. This all comes from a very, from the elites, from the top down. It's driven into the culture as cool, as progressive, as edgy. And kids are buying it. It's a marketing campaign. That's all it is. It's a marketing campaign. There are no gender people. There are only men and there are only women or boys and girls. That's it. The rest yeah. is corporate illusion. It's all corporate illusion. And they're driving it over the, the media, the tech, you know, the, their tech media. So, and it's very, very advanced because we're all on our computers all the time now. So it's coming at us 24 seven transgender, transgender, transgender. I mean, from 2014, when Laverne Cox was on the cover of Time Magazine, it was like a drumbeat. You couldn't get away from it if you tried. You know, and first the narrative was like, oh, these poor little children, they were born in the wrong 
bodies and their parents are so upset and you know and then so it quickly morphs over the years to now it's just gender expression you know yeah. it's just expressing yourself and it's cool it's progressive it's good it's a positive lifestyle well it's yeah. gone even beyond that because now i i i was very surprised uh i went to a hospital recently and i was asked what pronoun i went by why would they you know radically overhaul all these societies and the way that we operate related to our biology as a sexually dimorphic species why would they suddenly all at the same time flip that over and start rearranging our society our language our laws the way that we think about each other the way that we speak to each other this concept of children born in wrong but what the hell is that you're born in a body you're not born in a wrong body people that are disabled aren't born in wrong bodies they're born in a body that happens to not work the same way as other people's you know it's 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 all corporate illusion what is the agenda the agenda is first and foremost profiteering what are they going to profit the way, off of there's a whole list of things the way the corporatism works is that you have to continually open markets to grow especially if you're large like a large entity like goldman sachs or you know uh any kind of big corporation you know you have to open your markets continually in order to outsell the other person or the other corporation Right? So you have to constantly reinvent. So, you know, LGB is a marketing constituency now. They are a consumer base. You know, as with the added T, they're worth $3.7 trillion. Where did you get that figure? From Out Leadership, which is the business networking arm of the LGBT. So now it's like, hey, if you want our marketing constituency, if you want our consumer base, to buy your products, you better support us, right? Including gender identity, okay? And if you don't, we will not, we will, we will ruin you, basically. Financially, we will ruin you. you. You don't have an option to buy out. It's sort of like, if you don't have a cell phone or a car, you don't really have that option if you wanna function within society. You don't have the option of buying out of tech, right? You don't have that option. This is the same way. You don't have the option. You are going to go along with these pronouns. You're going to go along with our ideology that we're that we're instilling in in corporate culture. You know, or you're going to get you're going to lose your job, or you're going to be deplatformed, or your book is not going to be published. You know, Amazon has been deplatforming. You know, censoring uh, various books on this topic that critique the issue. Can you give the titles of the books? Can you talk about those books? Uh, Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreer. She was deplatformed for a while, her book. Um, I think it's back up now. The Transgender Industrial Complex was taken down. It was eventually put back up. Ryan Anderson, when Harry became Sally, was removed entirely from Amazon. And there's been others, you know, and comedians can't be funny around this issue. Dave Chappelle yeah, just got, got spanked. Actors yeah. and actresses, writers, you know, you try to critique this in any way, shape, or form, you will be financially and socially, socially ruined. You know, that's not a human rights movement. Human rights movements don't function that way. They don't yeah. try to censor people. They want you to know what they're about because they want you on their side. They want to cultivate your acceptance. Human rights movements don't come from corporate culture. 
They're not driven down into the culture. They come up to fight against those entities, against corporate entities and the, the, the damage that corporate entities are doing to their livelihoods, to their lives, to their planet, you know, to their land base. You know, this is how human rights, you know, come up. They come up from the ground, not down from the top. This is not human rights. This is all corporatism, all profiteering, all of it. It's a lie. There are no transgender people. There are no gender people. It's bupkis. I would call people who have had that surgery, you know, one one side or the other. Why? You don't have, you don't call people that have had nose jobs, nose job people, do you? <laughs> Do you? You don't. Face job people. You don't. You don't do it. Why don't you do it? Because they're creating a, a, a well, an illusion. It's like a hologram. People who have who have the transgender surgery. Basically, I guess the men they're castrated and whatever. Uh, somehow, some kind of a nominal vagina is made out of what's left and and for girls that has nothing to do with no 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 wait let me no 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 let me finish no let me finish no that is a cavity drilled into a body i i i i agree that it's not a i agree that it's not a real vagina i agree my only point to you is this your thinking is way beyond mine because I was just thinking like the Leah Thomas thing that happened. Clearly, Leah Thomas is not a female. She's not female. He's not. You, no, he's a man. You, you could call him or her. Okay, let, let me just, I because I'm, I'm just wrapping, starting to wrap my mind around all the things that you have. That's why I brought you on. I mean, I was like, oh my God, this... A lot of this makes so much sense to me, but I was thinking you could call Leah Thomas a transgender woman, but you can't call her ever a woman. She's not a woman. Just she's not biologically. She is not just like any trans. He's not, he's not transgender either. That's a corporate illusion. He's had surgery, maybe. And he hormones. Surgery. He's probably taken some hormones, and he's a man. That's all. He's a man. He might have body dysphoria. He might have a fetish. He might have some, I don't know, spiritual image of himself as like what he thinks a woman is. He could never know what a woman is because he's not in a woman's body. Yeah, he's not all in a woman's are, body. That's different than men. Is our biology? That's that's, that's the he point that I. What my biology is. If I can't know what a dolphin is because I can't know a dolphin's biology. Do you know what I mean? You can't know what my no, biology is. I so get, I get that, I get that he cannot be a woman because he doesn't have a woman's biology. He's trying to somehow in a Gaslight synthetic way, he's trying to synthesize a woman's biology, but he's not he, he can never be a woman. I understand, I, I get where you're coming from and, and I appreciate it because it, it really gets me to thinking some of the other things that 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 where we've gone to, which is calling people, people saying, well, I want to be called they. They have clinics now in California that are doing non-binary surgeries, okay, where they drill a hole into a man 
they invert his scrotum and put it inside this cavity and they leave his penis intact. And this is called non-binary surgery. For men that want to express their non-binary selves, this is insanity. And we are driving this into children's schools, that this is acceptable, that this is a healthy lifestyle. This is sick. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about is how this ideology is being brought into schools. What exactly are they doing? They're teaching that um, boys and girls can choose with medical intervention to be boys and girls, however they feel inside. They can, you know, have their organs and their chemistry manipulated so that they look like the opposite sex, that they can be the opposite sex. This is what they're driving into grade schools. I don't even know how that can be legal. I mean, I can see how in a biology class in eighth grade or something, you talk about well, the reproductive system article, or something. I follow the money, the links are there, the proof is there, it's, it's, they're doing it. Talk about the Pritzkers. They're one of the richest families in America, and they've really set about driving this concept of synthetic sex identities as normal, healthy lifestyle. And they've done that with great big gobs of money sent to all kinds of institutions, medical institutions, universities across the United States, Canada, and Israel. They've funded legal organizations, and I'm talking like millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars to do this, to get people to jump on board with this concept. Why are they so big on it? Well, because they're invested in the medical industrial complex, which serves to profit from not only the manipulation of um, people's sex characteristics, but once you break that bond between what we are, like our sex is what connects us to the biosphere. That's what yes. makes it very, very different than other surgeries, like getting your nose done or your face done or getting, you know, whatever. You know, this, what makes this very different is that sex is what connects us to the biosphere. And this is the issue. This is what they're trying to, to, to break apart, to break our connection to the biosphere because then the sky is the limit once you break that bond you know then you know you can manipulate the human being in whatever ways that you so choose you know and the, the medical industrial complex is 10.7 trillion dollars big just wrap your mind around that that is you know the the, the united states uh medical industrial complex is bigger than the united states military industrial complex just wrap your mind around that that's huge. This is a beast that needs to be fed. And there are constantly opening markets, opening markets, opening markets. We used to go to the doctor, to the general practitioner, and he, would, he or she would treat anything from a hangnail to cancer. If you had a baby, general practitioner. If you had a broken leg, the general practitioner. If you had leprosy, the general practitioner. The general practitioner took care of everything. Now we have a specialist for everything, right? You're going to this specialist, that specialist, and half of them don't even know what the other half is doing. They're all feeding you drugs. Give them this drug, give them that drug. I mean, Americans are on so many medications, it's insane. You know, this is a beast that needs to be fed. And they have opened markets in sexual identity. They entered the, um, the, the real human rights movement for lesbian, gay, and bisexual during the AIDS crisis. This is the techno-medical complex, right? They come in because, you know, people are getting sick. 
you know, so they come into this small grassroots movement and then whoop, they never leave. You know, they never leave and they're profiting off of this, you know, this, um, these identity, these corporate identities, because lesbian, gays, and bisexuals really have turned into corporate identities. You know, look at just the month of June, right? Pride, 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 you know, pride this. All the corporations come out, all the banks are like advertising, pride, 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 we're all on board for pride. <laughs> it's, all, it's all money. It's all about the money. Just follow the money. If you follow it to its logical conclusion, those who just remain male or natural male or female are going to be the, the anomalies. Part of this whole process is moving, you know, moving us, like I said, out of the biosphere, our attachment to the biosphere. If you look at our, the heads of our, uh, the big thinkers and the big, the big, uh, the rich men at the top of the uh, technology and, you know, uh, conglomerates, you know, they're all talking about a virtual reality. The singularity, Google, right, which funds the hell out of the gender industry. Yeah, Zuckerberg is talking about a metaverse. You got Yuval Harari, which is Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, talking about a virtual reality overlaid on the actual reality. You know, this is how they're they're moving us away from the biosphere, and they have to break that connection, our connection to sex, in order to do that. You know, we're not going to give that up willingly. You know, so they have to, the, it's constant propaganda that we're actually, oh, we're not really a sexually dimorphic species. Go try milking a bull and talk to me about it then. I see that Soros is also a big funder of this. Well, there are myriad funders. I mean, I've sort of picked out a few key people, men, yeah. most men, very, very wealthy men. Most of them gay, it seems like. Either gay also, or themselves. Jennifer Pritzker, Jennifer Pritzker is a... Uh, is a transgender woman, he's a right? Man. He's a man with synthetic sex characteristics. And he's he's done a lot to uh, to move this this ideology forward that we're not a sexually dimorphic species. He's funded uh, a trans chair position up in Victoria, British Columbia that constantly drives this issue. He's funded the Marcus Bonham uh, Sexuality Center up there, which also promotes the idea that we exist on a sexual spectrum. So anyway, so what they're doing is moving us away from the biosphere and they want to colonize human reproductive sex and um, transfer it to the tech sector, which is why women are being erased in language and law right now. Could you give examples of that? Women have so many more hysterectomies than they used to have. How is that connected to this? That's reproductive, assisted reproduction. You know, it's, it's technology taking over where we used to do the work you know, technology sort of taking over and cesarean section, same thing. And you have all the, the assisted fertility market, you know, cryopreservation, surrogacy, implanting uh, eggs, implanting sperm. And I can't really talk about this issue without talking about Martine Rothblatt, who is an American entrepreneur. He also has adopted female synthetic sex characteristics calls himself a woman. He co-founded Sirius XM uh, radio, satellite radio. He worked at the, uh, on the Human Genome Project at the UN level. He's created a robot of his wife. He's created a religion called Terrasum, which is a techno religion. He believes that we are making God as we go along. He's basically drawn a roadmap of this ideology. In his book called From Transgender to Transhuman, he talks about how the idea of sorting us into men and women 
is tantamount to South African apartheid. He authored the first gender bill with several other transsexual lawyers. They created a legal edifice for disembodiment, if you will, or dissociation from sex, right? From your own biological sex. So he, he with these other lawyers, these transsexual lawyers with the same fetish, created this legal structure and the other legal bills that have come out, the gender bills, what they call gender bills, which are really sex abolition bills, are all sort of formatted on that. You know, that was like the template, the original template. When you call them sex abolition bills, can you recall the language that actually implies that or says that? Oh, they call it gender. What's gender? What is gender? What is gender? Feminine and we masculine. Look at what they're doing, not what they're saying. They're deconstructing sex. You can get a a new birth certificate with, with whatever name, sex you want on it. You know, you can get a driver's license, same thing. You know, you, you know, there are people that have gone into medical facilities for help and not told the staff there that they're actually biologically the opposite sex and been treated, mistreated because of that. Our biology is like really important and basically nature will win out eventually, but the harm that's being incurred in the meantime it's just but phenomenal. You mentioned in your, your article that with CRISPR, they might even be able to go much further. Martin Rothblatt, he's also written about the future of technological reproduction. He also has a xenotransplantation farm where he transplants animal organs into humans. He eventually believes that we'll be living in a, in a virtual reality or uploaded into a computer. Um, but in the meantime, you know, he believes that you know, sexual reproduction technology will give us the opportunity to have the eggs of some woman implanted into another woman, fertilized by some guy, and maybe there'll be an animal G uh, DNA in there also, you know, so that our parents won't even be our genetic parents, but we could have like animal parents, you know, and he sees this all as progressive. This is all progress. This is all great. You know, and this is where the technology, the reproductive technologies are going. You know, people don't realize because they're not really paying attention to it, how exponentially uh, our technology has grown. And they want to utilize this technology. You've made this, you've created this, now you want to utilize it, right? So they've made all these like changes and developments in making synthetic sexes. Of course, you want to sell those and you want to market those. Right? But who's going to buy them? You know, if you're a 50 year old woman, you know, you're probably not going to buy, you know, a new, um, you know, a new sex, a synthetic sex, right? But if you're a kid, if you're marketing this and sending this ideology down into grade school, so the kids are growing up with this idea that they can morph themselves to the opposite sex or no sex or some strange sex or, you know, whatever, they're buying it. Of course they're buying it. They don't realize how intense corporate marketing is, how absolutely vampiric it is. And it's all over their social media. These surgeons are marketing their wares on the kids' social media. What you just said about that Martine Rothblatt makes me wonder if the next market after the uh, tearing humans away from the biosphere is going to be creating entirely new types of beings. Humans, yes. Not even well, human, like mixing humans with, with other... Well, there are all sorts of courses now, like college courses on transhumanism, post-humanism, 
Um, there's all sorts of seminars on it. Most people aren't looking for it. They certainly, if they do, they're not connecting it to the gender issue. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like two different planets, but they're not two different planets. They're actually... Explain to the audience what transhumanism is. Transhumanism is basically, it's like upgrading yourself constantly with either chemicals or um, technology. And we sort of do that anyway now. Like we get to heart implants, you know, we have knee implants. I'm probably half transhuman myself. I've got a couple of knee implants. You know, we're constantly taking chemicals to alter ourselves. You know, college kids are taking all sorts of drugs to get themselves through the, their tests and blah, blah, blah. So it's sort of like upgrading yourself constantly as te new technology and pharmacology comes about. It's, it's an upgrade. Right. Yeah, Elon is working on those chips for the, the brain. Neural right? links. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the breaking of the boundary of the sexes is really more of a grooming process, from what I can tell. Um, whereas how this is going to enter the culture more is through disabilities um, and healing the sick, like through Elon Musk's um, disc, Neuralink, because those will be used for like depression, they can be used for Alzheimer's. They're making like these limbs that are practically bionic now for somebody who's lost a limb. They have um, arms that um, are, or have uh, artificial intelligence in them. So they sense, you know, what's, you know, the, the movement that, that it's supposed to be making and they feed back to the arm. And it's just like, it's wild what they're doing. There's a difference between an arm and the sexual organs. Yes. Because yes. sex roots us in the biosphere. Right. That's why it's different. And so that's why they're working on sex because they want to remove us from the biosphere and basically move us more and more, you know, integrally into technology. We're already halfway there. We spend more time on our computers than we do with our families, for God's sakes. I mean, how worked is that? You do talk about this as, as uh, leading to the disintegration of the family, too. Of course, of course. Of and, you know, post-humanism is really, and Yuval Harari talks a lot about this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yes, there's a woman does. that does a course in New York University um, on post-humanism. She's really, really great. Her course is, you know, it's a little scary. But, you know, the people are talking about it, post-humanism. You know, like what happens when we have the ability to really change ourselves and make ourselves so that we're not even part of the same species that we are now. It almost sounds like, you know, in the ancient Sumerian texts, they talk about the Anunnaki or the gods that came down and started doing all this genetic experimentation and all of a sudden, I'm, it's, I'm feeling like these elites are the Anunnaki or something. You know? <laughs> I know this sounds crazy, but, you know, I follow the money and money doesn't lie. Let me tell you what, you know, this is the stuff that people are investing in at the highest echelons of society, especially in the technomedical field. And the banks are supporting them. The international banks, the conglomerates, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, they're all driving this as well. Why are they doing this otherwise? I mean, can you think of another reason? One of the reasons why I found you and read your article was because there was so much media, so much constant coverage of, of transgender in particular. And Jazz, I actually watched that show, okay? I, I love TV. I'll hang my eyeballs on virtually anything when I'm trying to relax. <laughs> so I've watched Jazz jazz and i've watched her progress or his his her progress whatever 
And this is not a happy individual for sure, even after all the reassignment and so on and so forth. Uh, this is a person with a very difficult, a young person with a very difficult, difficult existence. First clinic to do this in the United States, John Hopkins uh, University Hospital gender clinic closed in the 1970s because it was all right, they did the stats, the stats were in. This is not success. People are, are not happy after these surgeries, you know, long-term. Yeah. So they closed the clinic. And then all these other clinics popped up in their stead. Now we have thousands of them all over the world. Last year, China opened their first gender clinic. China. Who's going to these clinics? The people that are that, that are being marketed to, children, young people. Yeah, but children can't take themselves there. You have the whole psychiatric industry that are bought and paid for by the, by the rest of the medical industrial complex, by the LGBT. You did mention the capture of the, the American Psychological Association. Yeah, they're driving this ideology. So you take your kid to the psychiatrist because your kid is just like going bonkers. They show up one day and go, oh my God, I'm not really a boy, I'm really a girl, right? So you're like, okay, you're going through a phase, right? But then they keep doing it and they're like possessed. You know, and you got to do something. So you take him to the psychiatrist, right? And the psychiatrist says, you're the one with the problem. Get with the program. Your child is really the opposite sex. And you take him to the doctor. You take him to the physician. The physician says, oh, no, here's some hormones. You're the one with the problem. You know, you take him to school. You go to school. You go, oh, my God, this is what's happening. And it's like, well, yeah, we knew that because we, we helped transition him or her or whatever it is, you know, uh, and you're like, well, where the hell do I go then? You know? And right. then you start to talk to your best friend and your best friend turns to you and goes, you are a bigot. You're a horrible bigot, you know, for not adjusting to this and believing in this. And it's like, holy crap. You know, you got jobs, you got other kids, you got a family, you got a husband, you know, what are you gonna do? You're like all tripped out. Like what in the hell am I gonna do here? <laughs> So it's a lot of pressure. There's so much money involved in this. I mean, that's why the, you know, the pressure will follow. All these, these transgender organizations across the world too. We never had that before. That's happened in the past decade and a half, the past 15 years. Yeah. All these organizations have come up to depathologize this, to make it normal. Why would you want to make this normal? It's like making anorexia normal. You don't want to make anorexia normal. <laughs> you don't want to normalize that. You don't want to sell it to kids as progressive and good and healthy, just another way to express yourself. <laughs> it's madness. It's absolute madness. And it's a cult. It's a corporate cult. They are driving it through all of the media, all of the media that we're all on 24-7. Transgender, transgender, transgender. You can't even stop doing it if you want to. You have to rearrange your brain now because it's like, what do you mean there's no transgender people? Like, isn't that kind of crazy? The conversation I'm having with you right now is, is, a, is I see the, re the rearrangement. The rearrangement now is much more clear to me having spoken to you. I mean, you give all these names of all these organizations and places like Harvard and, you know, Pritzker. This is also a very elite, you know, agenda. You know, not just is it coming from the top, but this is like, you know, upper, upper echelon uh, children, 
that are taking this, these identities on, you know, you don't see black youth taking this on, even though they're, you know, they're exponentially uh, propagandized to, you know, by the media. Uh, they're not taking it up because they have other issues to deal with, you know, real life. You know, but these are privileged white children that are basically taking up these identities. Go to any of the marches, go to any of the protests that they, that they do outside of any venue where anybody critiques this issue. You know, feminists or comedians or anybody. You know, they show up, they're all like, they got white skin and pink hair. Well, I would yeah, think it would on. be such a traumatic thing, really, to have your child go through this thing. The stories I could tell you. Tell me some stories. Well, I have a friend uh, who works at the Christian Post, Brandon Showalter, and um, he he covers a lot of these stories and he hears from parents all the time. So he shares them with me on occasion, but some of the time I'm just like, look, I'm already following the money. I, I want to stay in my wheelhouse. I can't, I cannot handle these stories. But you know, there's an organization, um, uh, Pitt, which is Parents Against Trans something or other, but it's P-I-T-T, -T, and they, they publish on the platform GenSpect, which is uh, also a platform to help parents that are going through this. And so Pitt are, are parents that write about their stories with their children, what they've gone through. And they are absolutely harrowing. You know, this one woman was like, you know, did everything in her power to, you know, stop the, you know, her child, her daughter from having a double mastectomy. I think her daughter was like 15. And, you know, she was just, you know, she found herself like under a hotel, you know, table, just, you know, sobbing because she couldn't stop it. And she knew her daughter was going to, you know, was having this operation. So you have other parents, you know, their daughters run off, they go across state and get their, their breasts taken off. Nobody will do it in the state that they're in. You know, they're getting cross-sex hormones and binders through the mail. It's wild. It's absolutely wild what's going on out there. It's just a free-for-all. You know, it's kids. I mean, can you what'll be interesting. You can be a boy or a girl if you want to be. I mean, they're in, they're in second grade. And they're all being so sexualized, you know, teaching them about masturbation and, you know, oral sex and anal sex. It's like, are you kidding me? These are things that you learn about as you grow into an adult. You know, yeah. you learn it through experience. You didn't think you don't have to learn this in school. What happened to math, English, you know, science, history? You know, what happened to letting children discover things? Why do you have to engineer them all the time? You know, program them. You know, because they're being programmed for, you know, a completely different reality than the ones that we grew up in. People of our age, even in, the, in their people in their 40s or practically maybe 35 on up, I think are considered a dinosaur market. Oh, yeah. And so totally a dinosaur market. no, not worth marketing to them. It's all about the youth, capturing the youth. But any, you know, any... Um, totalitarian you know regime is going to do that they're going to tar target the youth they want the youth they're not interested in us you know because I it'll mean, be it's easier to make it their normal exactly and it's happening i mean it's happening you can't talk to kids about this today because they've all got three friends that are transgender you're attacking their friends right or them they're taking on these identities and packs now in school well, I, girls. 
my daughter is a millennial. And I said to her, I said, how can somebody stand there and ask you to call them they, when there's one person standing there in front of you? And she goes, oh, mom, just call them whatever they want to be called. And I just told her, I said, if I do that, that I'm giving in to some kind of Orwellian situation You're where totally one, totally one is many and many is one. Because this is not about individuals. We do not live in separate bubbles. We live in communities, or that's what we hope, that we're living in communities. And there has to be rules and values and morals that adhere to everybody and laws. You know, this is yeah. how communities function. We don't live in bubbles. You can't just, oh, I'm an adult now. I can do whatever I want. Well, no, there are certain things that you cannot do because it's not good for the community. And appropriating the body parts of the opposite sex is one of those things because it makes objects out of all of us. It makes Lego blocks out of us, out of our sex wholeness. It, it breaks us into parts and it objectifies us, and it fetishizes human sex. Fetishes are compulsion, they're addiction, they're dissociative, um, they're not healthy sexuality, and this is what this is based on. And we're, we're, we're it's becoming our, like the pinnacle, you know, the pinnacle of our, our, of our expressed sexuality as societies because we are so dissociated already from our natural community. We are part of a biosphere. You know, we're supposed to be part of that. We don't, we wouldn't even grow our own food or survive in a forest for a week. And we are animals. Try surviving without your phone for a week. Yeah. You know, oh, you that's... can't live without their technologies. You cannot function in community without their technologies. The whole community concept is is what is being destroyed. Our, our natural community, it's all being destroyed. Everything's being sliced and diced into ever smaller and more isolated units. And it's lonely. And that's, and that's how they've gotten us. Because we're already lonely, you know, we're trying to fill up with like the, the stuff that they're selling us. Do you know what I mean? But it's yes. not real. It's not real life. You know, we already live in a gorgeous living tapestry. You know, it's amazing. I mean, nature is just, it's glorious. And, you know, why do we have to improve that? You know, to the point of taking us out of it. We're not improving it. No, well, we're not. It's not being improved. It's, it, we're being divorced from it. And as a matter of fact, we're being told, you know, this is the, the glorious path, uh, the glorious right. path of right. digitization and tech and, and uh, technological enhancement of, of, of the human body, because the human body by itself is not enough. And of course, now, you know, this whole, even, even this pandemic, the invasion of, of the immune system, all these vaccines are, the, the natural immune system is being hijacked constantly, constantly. And now, you know, now it's moving down into the sex organs and it's going to, it's going to, it's in the bloodstream. Everything is being- around. It is absolutely terrifying. Yeah.
say yeah. the pronouns or we'll, you know, we'll ruin you. You know, you know I the vaccine or we'll, you know, we'll take your job away. I Ooh. saw the uh, New York City has passed a series of regulations on uh, protecting the LGBT uh, population. People can be fined up to several hundred thousand dollars if they willfully refuse to use the proper pronouns or what. 200,000, last I heard. Yeah. They're having their kids taken away from them. Canada, Australia. They're having their parents who having their kids taken away from them. You for know, what? For what? For the transgender train? For your children? We're taking them out. What do you mean by that? You well, said, like, like um, if your kid says... Canada, I can't really say his name because he's still involved in a court suit. But, um, you know, he's uh, he's gone to court several times with his ex-wife now because she's, uh, you know, she's uh, started to give her child, their child, um, puberty blockers. And moved him on to, I think, cross-sex hormones. Um, decided he was a girl. And the courts, the courts jumped on it. And um, he's not allowed to see his kid. He's still fighting it. And wow. there's, there's more. I mean, there's others. But like I said, I don't really, you know, I don't really get too involved in those, in those stories. Because I'm already doing like, you know, you can only take so much negative information in, you know, yes. and process that and still remain a healthy person. So I really try to be very, very aware of taking in too much horror, you know, and those stories are really just, they're so traumatizing, you know, these parents that have lost their kids and, you know, these children that have maimed themselves never to be able to come out of that, you know, lost their ability to have sexual function, sexual feeling, have a true happy relationship because they've completely screwed with their bodies. It's just so horrendous. And the state is backing this. They're promoting it. It's just ghastly. It's ghastly. Gender identity is basically brought into the law now. I mean, in Canada, here in the United States, um, you know, gender identity is superseding sex as a, as a category. So basically, if you identify, you don't even have to do anything, take hormones or puberty blockers or change your demeanor in any way whatsoever. You don't even have to change your clothes. All you have to do is say, I, I'm a woman now. You can be housed in a women's prison, in a women's domestic violence shelter. You can be on a women's rape crisis hotline. You can do anything that a woman can do, except give birth. Yeah, but don't you think there's there's some cracks, there's starting to be some cracks in the system. I think the Leah Thompson- Oh man, they are happening fast and furious now. I know Leah Thomas, like her fellow Females uh, swimmers were saying this is ridiculous because we're we're not competing against a, a female. Right, right. I mean, it's taken a really long time for for anybody to speak up. I mean, the Olympians, Martina Navratilova, and Sharon Davies, and a couple of others, you know, came forward pretty early on and have been there, you know. But they're still investing in the narrative of transgender. Caitlyn Jenner was behind uh, the the women swimmers complaining about Leah Thomas. Right, right. While he's appropriating women's body parts, you know, and calling himself a woman, you know, that doesn't work for me. You know, that doesn't make you a good guy. Do you know what I mean? You're running around calling yourself a woman, appropriating female body parts 
you know, as if we're parts to be appropriated, as if we're an identity, a costume that you can wear for yourself. No, no, this is insanity. Appropriating the body parts of the opposite sex is sexual objectification. And I know feminists who don't even get this. A lot of feminists are on board for this because their organizations are bought and paid for by Arcus Foundation, by Prisker Foundation, Tawani Foundation, I should say. Um, yeah, they're, and they're all, you know, they've all been propagandized by the, by the media. The media is totally sewn to the medical industrial complex. You know, I did yes. a blog post about, about this specific issue and I just took, you know, um, three different conglomerates like Harper's, I think it was Harper's and Comcast and another one. Um, and I looked at all their media platforms, like, because, you know, we're not, they're not like separate platforms, like, like Con, uh, Condé Nast would have like, I think like glamour style, uh, you know, like a whole bunch, like maybe 30 different platforms, you know, like magazine platforms, right? And then, you know, television, radio, blah, blah, blah. They're conglomerates, right? So the message goes down through all of their platforms, the same message, different face, same message. And so at the end of this blog post, I made like a Google document and I, I took each of the conglomerates and I, I showed like, what is their health platform, right? And then what, are the, what is the message that's going through all of their different platforms? And it's all the same message, all at the same time across all yeah. of these platforms. Yeah. This is propaganda. This is state propaganda. Yeah. You know, when somebody tells you that men can be women, they're gaslighting you. But when the state tells you this, this is a psyops. This is a psychological operation. Talk about the cracks in the system. I mean, we talked about Leah Thomas, but what <laughs> other ones? What other ones are you aware of? The Tavistock Clinic in the UK just closed. The Tavistock Kids Clinic, uh, gender identity uh, service over there. They only have one, but it's very, very big, and um, they just shut it down because you know they found that puberty blockers are, you know, really, 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 really harmful. Which we knew all along. We've known this since nineteen in the nineteen seventies because these drugs were given to adults for, for adult men for uh, late stage prostate cancer and for women with endometriosis. Um, and for the very, 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 very few people who had, um, you know, uh, very early puberty children, right? But they were only on it for a very, very limited amount of time, these drugs, right? What harm do they cause? Oh, well, they blood clots, cancer, uh, brain swelling, uh, you know, fluid on the brain, strokes, uh, vision problems, all sorts of, you know, stuff, right? And you have Levine is another man who's appropriated women's um, sex as if it's a costume for himself um, because his feelings, you know, well, what about our feelings? What about our reality? What about our sex reality? What about our sex humanity? You know, what happens to that? You know, why are your feelings more important than my reality? Are there any movements that um, are have started or in progress? Well, you know, feminists, especially radical feminists over here in the United States are have been screaming, and also in the UK. I won't even say just the UK and America, but, you know, in